What's up, everybody? Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you're watching on Rumble. And if you are watching on my website at theburningtruth.us, just click that Rumble link and head over and watch that live stream. That means a lot. I would really appreciate it. Boy, there is a lot that we have to get to today. Just wanted to make sure that my stream was was getting going. Still a new new platform that I'm doing on the back end of everything. All right, so um, some updates on some of the stuff from yesterday. We're going to be talking a little bit about what has been happening with Durham and why you can expect some more indictments that are coming down. A lot of this isn't new information. It's just a confirmation of some of the information that we had months ago. And with everything that we've had as a revelation over the past couple of days, it's going to be very important to kind of pay attention to this. And I'm also going to answer some questions that I routinely get on why all of this is important, because Hillary's not going to go to jail. What's the big deal? Well, it is a big deal. And we'll get into why that is in just a little bit. All right. So let's just start off with some of the updates that we have going here. Uh, The Durham probe has accelerated with more people cooperating and coming before a grand jury. Now, this is stuff that we had heard from Ratcliffe and others months ago that Durham had a lot of people cooperating with him and that the criminal probe that Durham was, was investigating was going to be big and it was going to ensnare some very big fish. Well, we know that that is actually happening based on all the revelations that came out on Saturday, which we talked about yesterday. So go back and watch yesterday's show if you want to get the latest on that information. Uh, and don't forget, we go live for 95.3 MNC in South Bend, Indiana. We go live today at 3 p.m. Eastern time right here as well. All right, so let's just let's just break this down, okay? Special counsel John Durham's investigation has accelerated. More people are cooperating and coming before a federal grand jury than has previously been reported, according to a source familiar with the probe. Now, the reason that this is important is there's a couple of things that have been happening And they kind of go into this here where they're basically saying, like, look, this has been done very professionally. Uh, The Robert Mueller situation was just nothing but a media leak fiasco. Everything that that showed up in the Mueller investigation was leaked. And, of course, everything was leaked out of context. Now, there's a couple of reasons for that. One, the Mueller probe, which Mueller was not responsible for, he was not conducting, he was not the guy in charge, Weissman was, Mueller was just the figurehead. The issue with that probe is there wasn't any actual criminal issues. So everything that was leaked was all political. It was all about character assassination. None of it was actual crimes. That's the point. So you you go and you leak something to the press. It gets out there. Social media spreads it. And it turns into this firestorm of misinformation and disinformation and fake news and what have it. And people start to formulate an opinion. You know you can pollute the well pretty easily today with our information society. Of course, our information society, ironically, doesn't actually do a good job of getting information correct. And that's because people are too lazy to actually look at stuff. We've talked about this a lot on my show. The research shows the average person will read the headline, and if you're lucky, up to the first three paragraphs. Beyond that, virtually nobody reads any articles. So if you've got somebody who, you know, puts a, if you've got a news outfit, I should say, that they put a headline out there, okay, and that headline is designed to steer the reader in a specific direction, maybe you have a paragraph, two, three, that kind of support that narrative, but then buried down, usually about seven to nine paragraphs deep, that's where you put the real story, but most people never get to it. 
And then what happens is as people spread the misinformation, people accuse the news outfit of publishing fake news. The news outfit goes, no, no, everything that we published in that article is accurate. This is the actual facts that are right here in paragraph seven, eight, and nine. Uh, the other stuff up above is just designed to get people to read the article. We can't uh, can't be responsible for how they misinterpreted things and they didn't read the whole article. It gives them plausible deniability. They know exactly what they're doing. I was in a, a conference at a local college here many years ago. I represented radio. There was a, a, a television news element there. There was the local newspaper. They had a representative there. And the local newspaper admitted that they bury the lead. Bury the lead is where you put the facts of the story way down here where the average reader is never going to read it. They admitted that they did that while simultaneously complaining about why they couldn't get people to subscribe to their newspaper. Go figure. So anyway, this has been done very professionally. Durham hasn't had a lot of leaks. Um, most people forgot about it. They didn't know it was still even going on. I still routinely get emails about this and phone calls about it when I do open lines on Fridays where people will say, hey, uh, what's actually happening with the Durham probe? And I'll have to bring them up to speed on like the last thing that happened. But you only get a little bit every couple of months. You didn't get a lot. Now we're starting to see it kind of kick in, get a little bit faster. We're starting to see you know more indictments here more filings. We've already charged one individual in the uh, the probe criminally, and that person has pled guilt, uh, not guilty, excuse me, but they are, they're dead in the water. Uh, but this has always led to the other thing. People are cooperating. That's what Fox News is saying. People are cooperating. You see it right there on your screen for those of you watching the live stream and not listening to the podcast. Uh, by the way, if you are watching the live stream, I was I was asked this the other uh, yesterday. If, if can you get a podcast of this? Yes, it is in the, all the other places that you get my podcast. So whether it is Podbean, Anchor, iTunes, Google, Spotify, whatever, it's all there. Okay, so they are cooperating, and this is where people are starting to get a little nervous. You know, it became a criminal probe. Once it kicked over to a criminal probe, that's where it's like, oh, he's, he might actually charge some people here. Durham has a great reputation as a U.S. attorney. It's important that everybody understand that. Uh, Mueller had a terrible reputation as FBI director. He, his tenure as FBI director was scandal-prone. Uh, he had a lot of things that happened in his tenure that were a disaster. They were an embarrassment for the federal government, for the Bureau. And when he was labeled as the guy that was going to be taking over that probe, I had to remind everybody about how bad he really was. Because uh, there's still a lot of people in talk radio and others, even some of the big national guys, they were like, oh, yeah, well, you know, former director of the FBI, this is a good thing. No, it's not. It's look at Mueller's scandal prone tenure as the director of the FBI. Forget about the probe and everything you know about the probe. Just go back and look at his record with the FBI. It is awful, awful. So anyway, we don't have leaks, but that's because this is a real investigation from a real U.S. attorney who is conducting this in a real manner. The Mueller probe was all political. It was not criminal. They were not actually going to find any crimes. They didn't find any crimes. And as a result of that, everything leaked to the public was designed to character assassinate. None of it was binding. None of it was legal. It was all designed to get that narrative going. And since the average person won't read an article, they just go ahead and spread that, that misinformation, disinformation, malinformation, however you want to phrase it. Um, I know that they're all different, but I know that People are using them interchangeably these days. They just spread the fake news all around. And then when the real information comes out, the news media just doesn't cover it. Kind of like the news media is not covering what's happening with the Durham probe. Anyway, Durham does this right and keeps it a secret, a source said, adding that there has been 
much more activity in Durham's investigation than has been visible to the public. Of course, we know that to be the case because every time you hear about it, somebody's going down in flames. Okay. Uh, the closest look Durham has given with regard to a grand jury witness came in a federal court filing last month, uh, outlining materials that had been provided to by the special counsel's office to defense attorneys uh, for former Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman. Again, Michael Sussman has been criminally charged in all this. He has pled not guilty. Um, let's see, what else do we have here? Durham does not explicitly include the names of individuals who testified before the grand jury in the filing, but rather their professional titles or titles assigned to them by the special counsel's office. And as we've highlighted before, this is normal. This is protecting sources and things like that until you actually need them. So this is completely on the up and up. There's nothing weird about this, okay? Uh, Durham lists a number of individuals, including the above-referenced former FBI general counsel, which could be a reference to James Baker, who served as FBI general counsel from January 2014 to May 2018, uh, let's see. The indictment against Sussman says that he told then FBI General Counsel James Baker in September of 2016, less than two months before the election, that he was not working for any client uh, when, in fact, he was. He was being paid by by Hillary Clinton and her campaign and everything else. Now, we already know that they hacked into Trump's private servers and the White House servers in order to frame Trump, possibly plant evidence against Alpha Bank. Alpha Bank at the time, when there was this so-called back channel between Trump and the Kremlin, which never existed. It was all a fake ruse uh, by the Clinton people. When when Alpha Bank was accused of that, Alpha Bank came out and they said, point blank, we didn't do any of this. None of this is real. This is clearly fabricated evidence. And so this leads to the next question that not only may have Hillary Clinton's people broken the laws by hacking into these servers and doing the things that they did, but they may very well have committed extra crimes by going after Alpha Bank and fabricating evidence against Alpha Bank to make it seem like Alpha Bank was doing something nefarious that Alpha Bank was probably not even doing. So, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, as this continues to go, like I said, you know, Ratcliffe has been talking now and he said, hey, you know, there's a good chance that more people are going to be indicted here. And that's not something that's new. Devin Nunes has told me that personally. We've, we've talked with him about it before on the show. Uh, we've also got Radcliffe, who is out there saying that you know, there's a lot of people that are going to end up going down in flames, but you have to let Durham do his thing. And I know that for Trump supporters in particular, that Durham has not been doing his thing fast, e excuse me, fast enough for them, but he's making progress. And of course, this leads to the next aspect of all of this is the media is not covering it at all. I mean, there's, you know... Newsmax, there's OAN, there's Fox, but as far as the big networks or the liberal cable networks, they're they're not covering it. My apologies. Hold on a second. Uh, I am behind on my coffee. So you start looking at this, you're going, why is the media not covering this? Now, I think that the answer is fairly obvious, but I do want to touch on this just a little bit more. And we're going to do that coming up in just a couple of minutes. Don't go anywhere. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, ladies and gentlemen. I, on the other hand, have to pay some bills with our wonderful sponsor, SilverFoxArt.com. And welcome back. You'll get a little sneak peek at some of that stuff a little bit later on. All right, so the media blackout, ladies and gentlemen. Why is that happening with the probe? Like I said, it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, they don't want Hillary Clinton going down for anything, but it's a little bit more nefarious than that. This is an interesting one. PJ Media, the media blackout of Durham's bombshell report alleging Clinton campaign infiltrated Trump Tower. 
Uh, Newsbusters did a uh, an analysis of this as well the other day, and they're just they're all they're almost all ignoring it, with the exception of MSNBC. And we'll get to MSNBC in just a minute. So it goes into the details of it, right? No big deal. Um, Durham is saying that the Democratic candidate for president in 2016 engaged in a criminal conspiracy to infiltrate the opposition's most sensitive, compartmentalized information and tried to manipulate data and information to politically damage her opponent. Uh, And I would like to throw some extra bits into that. Not only they do that for her political opponent, the other candidate, they used federal law enforcement agencies to do it and... Once the election was over, they then infiltrated White House servers in order to overturn a duly elected president. So it's important that people understand the full context of all of this. All right. So I know I know why they're being a little flippant here, but um, it, it's important to get that that context here. CNN is full of stories about Donald Trump's clogged toilet, but nothing about the Durham probe. Washington Post is equally silent. New York Times and the Associated Press all silent on this. Yesterday on my show at 4 p.m. Eastern time, I in real time went over to CNN and I looked for anything about this on their homepage. It it wasn't there. And I will look, I will show you right now. It isn't there. It's not there. Yesterday, they did have an article right here uh, about Trump's lawyer withholding documents from the January 6th committee because they're still pushing the insurrection conspiracy because blue and on conspiracies are everywhere in our news media right now. So Sandy Hook shooting families settle with gun makers. you got to push the anti-gun narrative. That is the biggest, biggest angle for highly politicized It's Not News of CNN. Uh, first, they made threats at county meetings. Then they won control of government going after Again, um, you know, concerned parents and other activists who who are out there. By the way, this whole threat thing, that's that's a conspiracy theory, too. It's already been debunked, but I digress. Guns, schools, guns, schools, guns, all of that stuff, right? And it was a Michigan Democrat introduces legislation requiring gun owners to safely store firearms in the wake of the Oxford school shooting. Uh, okay, so... Again, you can just go down this. You know, you can do everything. So we got, yeah, yeah, Justin Bieber, uh, Naomi Campbell. Okay, uh, confirms her daughter is not adopted. That's that's super big news. I uh, got the Olympics. I would expect there to be an Olympics section on there. Yeah, Black History Month. By the way, kudos to putting Black History Month way down at the third quarter of the page. CNN, way to be woke. Uh, you got some celebrities that nobody cares about. Uh, yeah, that sort of stuff. That's that's what they're that's what they're rolling with. Maybe I'm just missing something, right? So let's let's take a look at this stuff. You know, actor since 20 years, multi-million dollar Ponzi scheme. Warren Buffett, Casio Cortez. Uh, yeah, Trump Trump org accountant says 10 years of financial statements uh, are unreliable. You know, there you go. There's no end to America's rising prices. At least they're acknowledging inflation there without calling it Biden inflation. George Conway, nobody cares. Ottawa, okay, there you go. So all of that stuff. So maybe I'm missing something. Let's just look. Okay, Durham. Nothing. Zero results. All right. What about what about Hillary? Okay, zero results. How about Clinton? Zero results. Nothing. Absolutely zero on CNN right now. And this has been out, so what is today? Today is Tuesday, right? Today's Tuesday? I'm losing track of my days. Today's Tuesday, February 15th. The story broke on Saturday. Nothing. Technically Friday night. Nothing. CNN has not covered it. Okay? They're pretending it doesn't exist. 
Washington Post, New York Times, Associated Press, all pretending it doesn't exist. Not MSNBC, though. But look at the angle that they're taking on this. (laughs) Trump's man at the DOJ is feeding a new Clinton conspiracy. What? What conspiracy? What conspiracy? If Durham, who is a well-respected, and here's the thing, you have to understand this about Durham, okay? Everybody, left, right, doesn't matter. They all said the same thing about Durham. Darn good, darn good prosecutor. So if Durham, as a U.S. attorney, had the respect of everybody, comes in, all of a sudden now it's like, oh, we got conspiracy theories and everything else. This is all rooted around this. All right, January 6th stuff again, fake insurrection, blew it on conspiracy theories. Uh, McConnell rebukes Dems for agreeing with the GOP. Not true. It's not how that works. All right, but I digress. So here we go. Let's take a look at uh, all of this nonsense here. This this should be good. All right, so who's writing this? Uh, Hayes Brown. I have not read this, all right, just so we are crystal clear. Hillary Clinton isn't running for president in 2024. That we know of. That could change. I'm going to address this in a second. She hasn't held office since 2013, and yet I'd argue that given the outsized fixation on her even now, she, not former President Donald Trump, is the central figure in conservatives' imaginations. Now, it's kind of interesting and ironic that leftists are running around there talking about the right's obsession with Hillary Clinton and not acknowledging their obsession, which is undeniable, about Trump. They can't stop talking about Trump. In fact, you go to the home pages of both CNN and MSNBC, they are talking about Trump. Everything January 6th is Trump. They are obsessed. And everything they've ever told you about Trump has been a fabricated story. It's not even true. So the fact that they are not only just obsessed with with the uh, to the point of talking about him nonstop, but everything they say is inaccurate or is a made-up lie. Let's continue. Uh, latest right-wing attack on Clinton claims that her campaign, quote, spied, oh, air quote, spied on Trump during the 2016 campaign and his early days in office, echoing the long-debunked Spygate conspiracy theory. Spygate was never debunked. Spygate was confirmed. See, what happened is they they came out there when Trump said that they they spied on me, they wiretapped me. They, they said, no, no, it, there's no evidence, there's no FISA warrants. Then they found out that there were several FISA warrants. Uh, and then they said, well, it's just the definition of wiretap. Uh, nobody's actually going in there and, and tapping his phones. It's not how it is. It was surveillance, and it was, it was totally justified, and there was good reasons to surveil him and everything else. You know, we have all of the government documents to prove that he was, in fact, surveilled. Uh, so however you want to say it, spied on, wiretapped, surveilled, whatever. The federal government admits that they did that. That's not up for debate. The fact that MSNBC is out there calling it debunked is hysterical because the federal government itself has confirmed that it happened. We have all of the physical evidence, all of it, including the warrants from the FISA court to do it. Which is <laughs> But they're claiming... They're claiming it's debunked, it never happened, it's not real. Right. Totally not the enemy of the American people, folks. Not the enemy of the American people. Not MSNBC. Nope. Not CNN refusing to cover this story. Not MSNBC. Here's the fact of the matter. It doesn't matter about any of this. Now, Spygate is not debunked. MSNBC is lying to you about that. 
But beyond that, it's not a conspiracy theory what's happening right now because it is a criminal investigation with a U.S. attorney who's been given special privileges by the former attorney general who has already charged somebody with crimes and now has grand jury indictments potentially out on several other people and has cooperating witnesses gathering further evidence on everybody else. Actual criminal processes here. Not rumor mill stuff. Actual hard evidence filed in a court that shows that this is taking place. And MSNBC is telling you, uh-uh, it's not real. Yeah, not the enemy of the American people. All right, Hillary Clinton is, she's not running for president in 2024. Really? Let's 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 take a look at this. Oh, this is an interesting one. Uh, Democratic operatives say Hillary Clinton is the best option for the party to win in 2024. That was just in January. That was just last month, guys. There's, here's the thing. There were, they know how bad Biden is. They can try and force Kamala on you. Again, my theory from the very beginning has been uh, Biden leaves after two years. Kamala comes in, takes over. Pete Buttigieg, our former mayor, gets slid into the vice presidential slot. And that's because the Democrats want Kamala and the Democrats want Buttigieg, but nobody else does. Their base doesn't want them and the rest of the country doesn't want them. So what they're going to do is they're going to force them to be the people. Okay, so you will have to vote for them for re-election and give them the opportunity to succeed at their job or at least be the incumbent that you vote for. So the Democrats are trying to force two very unpopular people on their base. and Their base doesn't like them. Period. But that's what they're trying to do. That's my opinion. That's my theory on all of this. And, and all of the evidence seems to be pointing to me being correct on that. But I guess we'll see. So... Back in January, literally one month and four days ago, we got the Washington Examiner talking about Democrats out there going, Hillary Clinton needs to run again in 2024. But here you got MSNBC telling you that Spygate, which is confirmed, is a conspiracy theory, even though we have all of the physical evidence, including the federal government, admitting that it happened. Um, and also claiming that this is this is just a conspiracy theory against Hillary Clinton, too. Right. No, that's that's not how any of this any of this works. Not at all, ladies and gentlemen. But this is what they're doing. This is how they're gaslighting everybody. This is how they're lying to you. They're pretending things that are happening are not actually happening in order to go ahead and deceive you. That's what's happening. CNN's pretending it isn't happening at all. They're not even covering it. Same thing with New York Times, Washington Post, and the Associated Press. Uh, together, you've got basically the biggest news conglomerate in the world. And you go over to MSNBC, um, which at least they're honest about who they are, and they're running full-fledged blue and on conspiracy theories all over their homepage. They're at least acknowledging that it's happening, but they're pretending it's not a real thing, and they're just running straight-up conspiracy theories about it while lying to you about Spygate, which is 100% confirmed by the federal government themselves, by the FBI themselves. The FBI has admitted it. The FISA court has admitted it. It all happened. The news media tried to tell you it wasn't happening. They tried to tell you that Trump, without evidence, uh, was you know peddling this so-called conspiracy theory when it was going on, but it turns out that, of course, he was right. And now we find out that the hacking and the spying was way worse than, it, than we had previously thought, to the point that they actually used government access to gain access to White House servers. And the only way for this to not be true is if Durham is just straight up making it up out of thin air, but he's got cooperating witnesses and a grand jury. 
Just just throwing it out there. But, oh boy, MSNBC, man, they love pretending. Look, just a friendly reminder, ladies and gentlemen, okay? Hillary Clinton, she's evil. <laughs> Like I said, she's evil. Don't really know how else to phrase that. She she is what she is. So I got a question yesterday on the radio show, and I'm sure that a lot of you probably have the same question. Casey, what does this matter? Hillary's not going to go to prison. You're right. She's not going to go to prison. As we said yesterday, if the founding fathers were around, she would have been executed a long time ago. But there are people in her inner circle that are going to go down. The the lawyers at, at Perky's, uh, Perkins Coy, excuse me, not Perky's, Perkins Coy, um, they're involved in all of this. These are the personal lawyers for a lot of Democrats, and a lot of their clients are allegedly some of the ones that are singing to Durham. And, you know, we've got some of the individuals that are involved that are the personal lawyer for Obama and everybody else. So do I expect Obama to go to jail? Do I expect Hillary to go to jail? No. Do I expect it to potentially be some fall people? Yeah, I do. However, some of you are not satisfied with that, and I understand why, but this is why this is important, okay? Exposing what happened and highlighting how the news media lied to everybody about it is extremely important. If nothing else happens beyond that, I know that you're going to have tribalists out there. I know that you're going to have a lot of folks that just they just accept it. They're not at all in any way, shape, or form going to ever believe that their tribe is wrong, that their tribe is evil, that their tribe did something bad. I understand that. There's a lot of folks out there who are looking at this and are going, yeah, we've, we've, got, we've got a problem here. Um, the fact that there is a poll out there that shows a majority of Democrats want Hillary Clinton investigated for Russiagate. Let me say that again. A poll 
shows a majority of Democrats want Hillary Clinton investigated for Russiagate. That says something. Just because she doesn't go to jail or prison or what have you doesn't mean that it isn't worthwhile to expose all of this. As I've said before, when it comes to the election fraud thing, there is no mechanism that would reinstall Trump into the White House. That can't happen. You guys got to drop that conspiracy theory that can never happen, okay? There's no mechanism that allows that. However, even if you decertify, doesn't allow it, okay? However, what it does do, if Trump decides to run again, he will have all of that evidence that he can run in his campaign ads, all of these court rulings that have happened in, in Pennsylvania, all of these court rulings that have happened in Wisconsin, all of these court rulings that have happened elsewhere that clearly and completely back up his claims. He can run campaign ads on those. Other Republicans can run campaign ads on those. And you will have the people of those particular states looking at it and going, yeah, 100%. I mean, this clearly this was illegal what they did. It was wrong. It was rigged. Um, and we need to rectify this. And, of course, it leads to the legislatures in those states fixing those election laws so it can't happen again, hopefully. Right? That's the idea behind it. So, yeah, it's very important to expose this stuff. I understand why some people are, are very skeptical. I get that. But it is important to expose it. All right, so let's move on here. I wanted to uh, talk about this because I think this is one of the funniest damn things on the Internet over the past couple of days. And this is so good. I don't know how many of you have seen this or not, okay? This is the mayor of Boston, and she did a live stream. Um, I, you can already see from some of, the, some of the comments here how this went. I don't know why some of these folks do live streams. I think it's just because they live in these, these bubbles where everybody tells them that they're right and that they're super popular and everybody loves you and everything else. It's kind of like, you know, I, I have tremendous respect for Dan Crenshaw. Um, Dan Crenshaw is wrong about servers. He thinks that he didn't vote for servers and stuff like that. He did. He, he just doesn't understand the technology. But Dan Crenshaw, you know, every time he's he's criticized, you know, he kind of dismisses it as it's a paid operative against him or the polling in his district shows that he's overwhelmingly popular. Okay, they can't use that as a crutch, though. You've always got to pay attention to what's actually happening, and polling data isn't always the most accurate. So you've got a lot of these folks in these heavily, heavily blue areas who just think that everybody loves them because that's what they're told. They've got people licking their boots, kissing their butts nonstop. It's kind of like Hollywood celebrities think that they're smart. You know, I, I, there's, I'm sure that there's a bunch of people around LeBron James who have told me he's an extremely intelligent guy. The problem is that LeBron James has a mouth, and every time he opens it, he reminds you that he's not an intelligent human being at all. Successful human being, but not intelligent. But he's got people around him who have told him that he is. And so he keeps opening his mouth on issues. And you have other celebrities that do the same thing because they're just surrounded by yes people who do nothing but prop up their ego. And unfortunately, they step in it a lot more than they would like. And oftentimes, they don't even realize that they've stepped in it because they still have those yes people around them telling them, hey, you know, everything's fine. Everybody loves you. This It's a couple of uh, bad actors or what have you. So when you do a live stream, though, it becomes a little difficult to hide from this. So she did a live stream. I don't know why she did a live stream, but she did. Her name is Michelle Wu. Um, I didn't know who she was. I Obviously, I know that Boston has a mayor. I didn't know who she was or anything else, but, um, you know, this was one of the funniest things ever. I'm going to turn up my my volume here to my desktop because I want you to hear how this goes. Watch the comments that scroll here. Look at the hearts that go here 
and then pay very close attention to what she does and does not address with the questions and comments that come through because it's friggin' hysterical. All right, here we go. Oh, since she's unable to join. So look at these comments. Talking about medical discrimination, mandate, tyranny, and she's just... Okay. Uh, I will... Uh-huh. What do I do? What do I do? She's looking at her handlers. Yeah, yeah. I'll answer any questions. Well, you're not answering any of those that deal with the mandates. Friends who. Uh, yeah, friends. Yep, friends. They're friends. Different. Oh, have different New views. Year. Yes, year of the tiger. Oh, Very oh, oh! Happy New Year! Year of the tiger. Chinese New Year just happened recently. It's the year of the tiger, and she's like, "Oh yes, yes, Happy New Year! Happy Lunar New Year!" Right? Martin Chan, sixty-six, doing it. Um, she she addressed that. She ignored every other question about mandates and her COVID policies, which of course are unscientific. But I digress. It keeps going. Tiger emoji. Oh yeah, great tiger emoji too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, I mean, when will you lift the mandates? The congresswoman's team and if if it comes unmask our kids, stop the mandates. Is there an expiration date for the mandates? Hasn't answered any of those questions. What do I do? What do I do? She looks back at her handlers. What do I do? Who is who's monitoring this? Who's censoring the people so so that they don't make it a fool out of me like this? She doesn't know what to do. What's my favorite thing about Boston Winter? Um, oh, what's my favorite thing about Boston Winter? Okay, we are a minute and 17 seconds into this. She has answered two questions out of, I don't know, what, 100? One of them was, wasn't even a question. It was just a happy Chinese New Year. You're the tiger. And the other one, oh, the best part about, about Boston Winters. You're a minute and 17 seconds in there. And she's supposed to be doing a live stream where she answers questions from constituents. And there's been a lot of questions. And some of them, yeah, some of them were comments, but it's something that she could easily address. Some of them were, when will these these mandates end? I don't know. As the mayor, maybe you have some kind of a game plan for when those mandates end, right? Even if it's just, hey, after the midterm elections, we're going to use them to uh, to leverage midterm election results, and then after that, we'll lift them. Totally, promise. As long as you vote for Democrats. Anyway, it continues. I, oh, I, my favorite part about Boston winter. I love snow. Oh, <laughs> I'll bet you do. This is it's one of the most embarrassing pilots. By the way, Election Wizard is a good account to follow if you're on Twitter. Um, I I only have a burner account on Twitter, so I can get breaking news updates when they happen. I don't I don't actively participate in Twitter anymore. Uh, this is one of the most laughable and hysterical things that I have ever seen. And somebody told her, like, somebody's, oh yeah, let's just do a live stream and you would, uh, you'd be great. You know, everybody's, everybody loves you because nobody hates you, Michelle Wu. Nobody, Michelle Wu, right? Yeah, Michelle Wu. Nobody hates you. You're the mayor of Boston. Boston's a hundred percent Democrat, liberal. Everybody supports you. Nobody is upset about the mandates at all. hundred percent of everybody thinks that you're the most amazingest person ever to amaze. And she does a live stream, and what happens? She gets shut down and embarrassed. In a minute and 23 seconds, she only addressed two comments. One was about Chinese New Year, and one was about winter. I like the snow. That's what I like about Boston winter. This reminds me of when the news media was pitching a fit. Remember back in the day, news media was pitching a fit about Barack Obama not giving the news media any access to him? 
He wasn't doing any interviews or anything like that. And they finally had had their first sit down with him. He finally came out. First question was like boxers or briefs or some crap like that. It's like all that time. That's what you wanted to ask all that time. This is what you are dealing with. This is who they are. Without fail, this is who they are. They are egregiously awful people. But this this type of mentality, hopping on and thinking that you're not going to run into any of this and you're not going to address your constituents, she acknowledged there were people there who disagreed with her. She just couldn't actually bring herself to say the words. I don't know that her ego would allow it to happen. All you had to do was address the, the mandates. Like, look, as we're continuing to follow the guidance of our public health officials, I know that many of you disagree with public health officials, but as an elected representative of everybody, I have to take their advice. That's all you have to do. They're wrong. She'll get hammered for it, but at least she wouldn't have ignored it. At least she wouldn't have ignored it. Speaking of mandates, speaking of COVID data, I want to address something in just a couple of minutes. Make sure if you're watching here on Rumble that you hit the subscribe button. I've had a lot of growth on Rumble recently. Do appreciate that. My radio show for 95.3 MNC goes live at 3 p.m. Eastern time right here. Uh, for those of you watching on my website, that's where most people watch is the burningtruth.us, daily show prep, podcast, things like that are all uploaded there and all up to date. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes after this short break. All right, as most of you know, I have been covering COVID before anybody else in the country on a regular basis. Um, I started covering it back uh, weekly, um, several times a week, actually, back in December of 2019. Most of you know that. I saw it. I knew the facility. And as a result of knowing the Wuhan lab and knowing what was in the Wuhan lab and seeing this outbreak, I was concerned. And I was watching it. And I was telling people about it. I'm like, hey, pay attention to this. I don't think it's going to be another uh, swine flu outbreak. I think this might be a big deal. And I didn't think that it was going to hit the, the first world as hard as it was, but I expected it to hit the third world pretty darn hard. And people were criticizing me for doing that regular coverage back in December of 2019. We learned about COVID. Um, and January 14th, I went to every single day updates on, on COVID. January 14th of 2020. I don't know anybody else who covered it that regularly as early. I do know that, uh, obviously, Trump had taken several executive actions that the, the news media and Democrats pretended didn't happen. Um, and Tucker Carlson did a, a pretty good uh, couple of segments on it pretty early on as well. But I don't know anybody else in the news media that was covering COVID as early as I was, as regularly as I was. You could say that I have probably the most experience in covering COVID. I'm trying, not trying to pat myself on the back here. I'm just trying to give you kind of a background because I know that a lot of you watching right now are new. Um, I'm, I'm probably in the person who's covered COVID more than anybody else in the country. And the CDC and the WHO and public health officials, local, national, state, doesn't really matter, global, um, the, the scam that they have done on so many of you is inexcusable. I've told you for a long time now, years, that I expect there to be at least a year and a half. I expect there to be lawsuits at the end of all of this, and I expect a lot of people to pay a lot of money as a result of getting people killed and getting people hurt and denying care and uh, denying effective treatments and pretending that the scientific research that existed doesn't exist. And the news media, who is totally not the enemy of the American people, by the way, um, they have done one of the most egregious disservices to all of you that has ever been done. 
you know, this is the one of the most effective scams. And I'm not saying that COVID isn't real. I'm not saying that COVID didn't kill people. I'm just talking about overall the entire thing. It's been one of the most effective scams ever perpetrated on a population. And so I ran into this Stacy Lennox. This is an article from a couple of days ago. The CDC data that nobody is talking about raises urgent questions for bureaucrats. And I was doing an event with Dr. Stock a couple of months ago. And one of the things that I've been telling people as I've covered the research, and you know, for those of you who are relatively new on my radio show, one of the things that I've always done is I've gone over the latest scientific research about topics. And while the average news anchor will just read whatever the press release says about something, I actually read the studies. Because oftentimes, the way that studies are presented are completely and totally inaccurate. And sometimes the summary makes a claim that the study itself actually refutes. And so you have to be very, very careful. So I've covered fake studies in science for my entire career. And so it's something that I'm very used to looking at. Most people aren't, and that's okay. Uh, the problem is, is that when you point them in the direction of how to find the information, where to find it, how to decipher it, they still choose not to do it. Those are the people that I don't have any, any respect for. And that's unfortunately what the entire coverage of COVID has been about. So I was at this event with Dr. Stock. I was interviewing Dr. Stock. We were doing a panel. And a doctor, a local doctor came up. He's like, you know, when I listen to your show and you bring something up, whether it's about mass or whatever, and you say the study is on the NIH website, the National Institutes for Health, so NIH.gov. And I always tell you where the stuff comes from. I went over every single mask study, every single one that was peer-reviewed or a clinical trial, every single one that had been done going back to 2007. I did some preliminary results back in 2006. I did every single one that exists in the United States of America. Every single one. They all say the same thing. Mask will not reduce or slow or stop the spread of an airborne virus, period, end of story. Doesn't matter if it's a cloth mask, surgical mask, or an N95. They won't do it. There's nothing you can do, okay? So every single one of those things, without fail, every single peer-reviewed or clinical trial study says that. And I would, I've been doing this the entire pandemic. The moment we knew... The moment we knew that uh, COVID was airborne, I, I gave that research before we knew air, COVID was airborne. I was telling people how to properly use a mask from, you know, basic training and, and, and mop training and things like that, that people like me have had, um, were able to kind of just tell you, you know, hey, stop, you know, using your mask, touching your mask, spreading COVID all over the place back when we thought it could be spread on surfaces or well, it can be, but that it was common to be spread that way. Um, now we know that that's not the case. And the thing is, is that not only was the narrative wrong early, it once you knew that that narrative was wrong, they continued to tell you the same stuff. But he, he came up to me, this doctor, and he's like, it's crazy because I didn't believe that it would be on the NIH website. It's like they couldn't be so bold as to tell everybody this publicly. But then all of the evidence, contrary to what they were saying publicly, was actually on their own website. And so this doctor just, he, he was convinced that I was wrong about that. He went and he checked and he ended up finding out that I was telling the truth, that all of these studies were right there on the NIH.gov website. And while they were publicly saying something, all of the research that had ever been done that was published, contradicting what they were saying publicly, existed on their own website. He's like, it, it blew me away that that evidence was right there, yet they were still lying to everybody. 
And the reason that they would get away with it is because, frankly, folks, nobody will go look on the NIH website. Nobody. No, no news anchors, no reporters, nobody covering any of this. Activists most of the time wouldn't do it. Nobody would do it. And so they were able to lie to everybody, even though the evidence they had on their own website debunked what they were saying. So now, when I when I see an article like this, I get very intrigued. I'm like, all right, let's let's take a look at how they're deciphering the data. Because people on the right have gotten this data wrong too. And 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 a lot of people who are fighting against I'm lumping everybody into the right here, but it's not accurate. The people fighting against mandates and masking things like that, or there's actually a loose coalition of people on the left and the right. Um, a lot of the uh, the anti big pharma people are still around. A lot of the the, the anti pharma Karens have, have turned into pro big pharma and everything else, but some of them are still around. So there's this alliance between all political ideologies in opposing some of the mandates and things like that. So it's not fair to lump everybody into the right. Anyway, some of us are old enough to remember when Dr. Anthony Fauci told the nation that herd immunity may require 90% of Americans to receive COVID-19 vaccinations. Of course, we've been over this a million times. I know that some of you are new here and you haven't heard that. I don't need to rehash it again. Okay. First, that is a complete revision of the meaning of herd immunity. True. Uh, since it is not a static concept. True. Second, while it may have been a legitimate goal to achieve near zero COVID-19, all it meant was that 90% of the population needed to have an effective immune response to COVID-19. True. Today, Fauci, the CDC, and the rest of the health agency bureaucrats have defined this response as having detectable circulating antibodies. Okay, If that is the case, why is no one talking about two studies on the CDC website? At a minimum, they raise questions about the public health response, the current pandemic statistics, and the immune response individuals have to a COVID infection after receiving the vaccines. Uh, the two studies measure detectable antibodies in the population nationwide. Now, before the Delta outbreak, herd immunity was a big deal. You know, remember that first lull, COVID was disappearing that summer before Delta hit. And, you know, I, I started telling everybody, I'm like, yeah, you're expecting some numbers in the fall. You know, we, we would expect that that would happen. That's how viruses behave. We're already seeing it in Europe. So expect there to be a bigger thing. Delta just ended up being a bigger deal than most people were expecting it to be. This is, this is important. The way that they kind of phrase it, why is nobody looking at these studies on the CDC website? And the answer to that is because nobody looked at any of the research on anything at all. That's the problem. Nothing has been driven by science here. Nothing. All of the research on masks and mandates not working has been around for years. Nobody bothered to look at it. All of the research about spreading COVID inside of schools has been around for a long time. It's been around from the very beginning. The French studied it right at the outset of the outbreak. They found uh, Paris suburbs were not having outbreaks in schools, and they wanted to figure out why that was. They ended up finding out that no schools were having any major outbreaks with the students and that kids were totally, totally safe from COVID unless they had a comorbidity. That has been the story throughout the entire pandemic. But that didn't stop people from lying about it because you can, if you can scare parents about their kids, then by all means you can get anybody to comply, right? So the first is a commercial laboratory study constructed uh, to detect people who have recovered from an infection, okay? Uh, to be considered antibody positive after recovery, a person needed to be positive for the N nucleocapsid antibodies as well as the S spike protein uh, antibody. Now the second is the blood donor supply, which looked at people who recovered 
and those um, in the vaccinated community. Study used the presence of the N antibody to differentiate between the recovered and the vaccinated. Okay, according to the commercial lab study, between 33.1 and 34 percent of the population have circulating antibodies following a COVID infection as of December 26, 2021. Uh, that's obviously grown quite a bit, uh, considering everything that happened in January. For children 17 and under, approximately 44% show evidence of antibodies from prior infection. So this is this is a big deal. Um, looks like a higher percentage of kids actually caught COVID than adults, but nobody knew because kids don't show symptoms. They're asymptomatic. COVID doesn't bother them. Uh, COVID doesn't kill healthy kids. Just doesn't. Okay. To emphasize, doesn't kill healthy anybody, but I digress. To emphasize, nearly half of the children under 17 expressed recovered immunity in two years. Less than 1,000 have died. Now, it's actually, it's like 940, and they did not die from COVID. They died with COVID, okay? And even the CDC is now finally admitting that the people who die have at least four comorbidities. That's something that they're finally admitting, and that includes the kids, right? The news media... My apologies, the news media has been pretending that COVID can kill kids just as easily as adults, if not more, for a long time. They loved saying that about Omicron. Uh, it was never true. I thought you all probably know that now, but it was it was never true. But they love, loved scaring people with that just to get you into compliance with getting the vaccines. So they go through all of this. 940 kids, according to the latest data, um, have died with COVID, not from COVID. Every time the news media went out there to talk about a healthy child who was killed by COVID, that was not true. Uh, those kids all had co- comorbidities, including morbid obesity or some other disease. Yet Pfizer and Dr. Fauci are talking about giving toddlers and infants three doses of an experimental vaccine. And yes, it is still experimental because we don't have any long-term data on it. And Teachers Union President Randy Weingarten wants 80% of school-aged children to be vaccinated before masks come off. Of course, uh, Weingarten is a crazy child-abusing psychopath. Uh, The interesting part of the analysis is that the levels of immunity are cumulative, yet the CDC clings to the idea that there is no data to support durable immunity longer than 90 days, which is 100% untrue. We've been over the scientific research that shows natural immunity lasts for years, and the vaccination um, antibodies don't. They wear off. And I get it. You didn't know that they were going to wear off, but they wear off, and once you found out that they wore off, and that's why you need boosters. Um, that should have been enough to convince a lot of people, and it has convinced a lot of people that, yeah, I'm probably not going to go back and get get more of the uh, the juice injected into my body. So anyway, uh, travel to the U.S. requires a negative test within a day of departure or proof of recovery from a confirmed case of COVID in the last 90 days, yet the estimates for the acquired immunity never decline uh, in the study. Okay, So they go through all this. I don't need to really bore you with everything. The blood donor study estimates the combined recovered and vaccinated immunity nationwide at almost 94% as of February 8th. So this means anybody who's been vaccinated and anybody who has recovered from COVID, if you lump them all together, 94% of people in this country are in that category. That's what they're saying, based on the, the blood donor supply, which you know may or may not be an accurate number. But that's the whole point is, technically, we're over herd immunity again. Uh, they set herd immunity at like 60% at one point in time. We went over that a long time ago. Then they set it at like 70, went over that. And then they set it at like 80, went over that. And now it's at 90 and we're over that, okay? The reason that I bring this up, if you take the CDC's studies and their estimates on uh, the number of 
kids age 17 and younger who have antibodies from a prior infection. Because I'm not counting vaccinations. We know that vaccinations don't prevent you from getting COVID and they don't prevent you from spreading COVID. So there's no sense in even counting vaccinations. Uh, you, you, it, it doesn't, I'm sorry, the vaccines, there's some limited evidence that they may help older populations not die. But that evidence with Delta kind of went away. So it's still really, really limited. All right. The, the data that the vaccines help at all is extremely limited once the Delta variant came out. But I digress. So we know that the vaccines don't prevent infection and they don't make you less susceptible to infection. And they certainly do not eliminate your chances of infecting other people. And since we're now at a stage where most of the people who end up in the hospital or die uh, with COVID have been vaccinated, it clearly doesn't save lives. So at least not with the latest variants. So let's just at, just kick that aside. Okay. If you want to get them, by all means, please get them. Um, you know, especially if you're in a vulnerable uh, category, there's, you know, some evidence it's waning, but there's some evidence that it may help you out if you have a comorbidity. All right. So the CDC data though, for ages 17 and younger, 44% show evidence of antibodies from a prior infection. Now, if you take the census data for people who are 18 and younger, that is 22.3% of our population. Okay. Now I know that there's an extra year of data in there. There just isn't census data for 17 and younger. It's 18 and younger, while the CDC data is 17 and younger. So we just have to deal with that one year of discrepancy, which is really just going to benefit my argument, but I digress. So about 22.3% of our population are 18 and younger, okay? 940 kids are listed as having died with COVID, not from, but with. Now that means according to the CDC study, okay, according to that, Less than, because of that one-year gap, less than 0.001% of children who got COVID died. That is a staggeringly small number. Doesn't mean that those 940 kids weren't precious. It doesn't mean that it isn't a tragedy that they passed away. But 0.001% of children who get COVID have died. And the ones who died from COVID all had all had comorbidities. There's zero cases that we are aware of, and we've looked through them. Zero cases of a child without a comorbidity dying from COVID. And of those 940, I don't know how many died from COVID versus died with COVID. A lot of the numbers show that we're talking about like less than 200 kids who have died from COVID since the pandemic started. You know, there's some conflicting data on that, but generally speaking, we're looking at between like 150 and like 250 kids. So if we just take everybody who died with COVID, all of the kids who died with COVID, okay, we're at 0.001%. Like I said, doesn't minimize the loss. But it is imperative that people know this so they understand that when you have teachers like we had here, and I'm sure that many of you had in your communities running around and telling you, hey, uh, Omicron is more dangerous for children than uh, the Delta variant. That was never true. That was always a lie. 
We did a story about one of the doctors who discovered Omicron was pressured by European governments to lie and say that Omicron was more dangerous than it really was because they wanted to use it to force people to get vaccinated. She didn't go along with it. So the news media just stopped covering the two doctors who discovered Omicron and just pretended that Omicron was more dangerous. And then the news media wrote a bunch of articles about how Omicron doesn't care about natural immunity and Omicron goes right through it, which is always a lie. Omicron does not go through natural immunity. Natural immunity works great on Omicron, just like it worked great on Delta and all of the other variants. Omicron in an initial lab study, which scientifically means nothing, may, and I emphasize may, and it's not peer-reviewed, it's not a clinical trial, may be more able to have a breakthrough of natural immunity than Delta. But they don't know. There is zero evidence that that is the case. We do know that natural immunity works very well on Omicron because there have been several peer-reviewed studies that have been done on it, and natural immunity is great. Now, the reason I bring this up, remember MSNBC earlier, okay? MSNBC is running conspiracy theories on their website right now. They're telling you that Spygate was debunked. It wasn't. It was confirmed by the government themselves. They're telling you that what is happening now with the Durham probe is a conspiracy theory against Hillary Clinton. It's not. There are people who have been criminally charged. It's not a conspiracy theory. This is what MSNBC does. The other thing that MSNBC did the other day is they allowed Dr. Ding onto their platform just last week to tell everybody that the Omicron variant, last week, guys, the Omicron variant was more deadly for children than previous variants. That is not true. That has never been true. There exists exactly zero evidence to suggest that that is true in any way. Across the board, CDC, WHO, NIH, every other health agency in the world, in in Europe and in Israel, every single one of them, 100% of the data, shows that Omicron is less deadly across the board. Period. End of story. Full stop. There is no data, no evidence that says the opposite. So explain to me how a doctor gets a platform on MSNBC last week to lie to everybody about the dangers of Omicron. And why is he doing it? Maybe he's brought to you by Pfizer. I got to get that montage on this. I play that montage on my show all the time. I probably got to get the montage here. And maybe I'll do it this week. It's the only this only thing that makes sense. The only thing he is paid for by Pfizer. And Pfizer desperately wants him to go out there and push the vaccines. So the only way to do that is to lie to everybody and scare them into getting it. Just like the CDC did when they lied to everybody in 1976 about a fake swine flu outbreak that didn't happen in order to get people to get an experimental vaccine. Then they changed the vaccine on them and they injured and maimed thousands of people. They even used celebrities to promote this experimental vaccine to stop this swine flu pandemic that wasn't happening. I'm not saying that COVID didn't happen. Obviously, COVID is real. The pandemic is real. But it wasn't in 1976 and had 60 Minutes not done an expose in 1978 about it. We might not know that the CDC fabricated a pandemic in order to inject 
millions of Americans with an experimental drug. Sound familiar? So while COVID is real, there's no doubt that the government and public health officials have been lying to you about the dangers of it from the very beginning. We have got numerous surveys and studies and polls that show that Americans vastly overestimate their risk of COVID. Vastly. More so than any other country. So MSNBC, which is spreading conspiracy theories today about all of this, is spreading conspiracy theories about COVID last week and will continue to spread conspiracy theories about COVID in the future. That's the world that we live in. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you about the website. Yes, Daily Show Prep from yesterday. I love that gif of Hillary Clinton with the flies all over. So uh, this uh, this hairy chest here, that is Hillary Clinton topless. In case those of you are new to the website and you don't know that image, that is Hillary Clinton topless, so not kid-friendly. Do apologize uh, if you've got kids watching here, but that is that is not child-friendly. That is Hillary Clinton topless, ladies and gentlemen. So be be aware of that when you go to the website. So here's here's the deal. Daily show prep for my radio show is on there, 95.3 MNC, every single day. You got your latest podcasts. Uh, yesterday's show is the end of Ukraine. Uh, Hillary Clinton would have been executed by the Founding Fathers. That was yesterday's show that you heard here. And, yes, you can get those podcasts and everything else. You got the latest posts. Um, all of this is, is on there. Uh, we're about six days away from True Social launching. My Telegram, which you should follow me on Telegram, at Casey the Host, because Facebook censors the heck out of it. But it's also a conservative news aggregator. I wanted to show you this. So we bring in some of the best news, okay? Conservative news every single day from some of the best sources. All you've got to do is go there every single day and pick up those latest headlines. They're great articles. They're great sources for you. Make the, the, the Burning Truth your daily stop for all things news. Make it your homepage. Of course, get the podcast, get the daily show prep, get the live stream, all of that right there at theburningtruth.us. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please click that subscribe button on 